morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this. Uh, this You are tuned into another episode of It's a Black and White Thing. I'm your host, Carlos Johnson. Uh, you can listen to the show at soundcloud.com backslash A1TheLP. That's all letters, so that's soundcloud.com slash A1THelp. Uh, you can follow me at twitter.com slash A1TheLP. Once again, all letters in the same for Facebook.com. If you want to email the show, you can email the show at bwthing1, that is the number one, so that's bwthing1 at gmail.com. Any questions, any comments, any feedback for the show, if you listen to it, how we can improve it, how we can make it better. Um, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host. I'm back. What's up, y'all? What's good, 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 y'all? It's A. Ward. We in the building here at Amp Records Studio. Reese Nichols having us out, man. Thanks for the uh, the hospitality. Thanks for the water. Uh, how you been, man? How you been, Los? Good, a little tired, man. I went out and hooped with the homie Marcus. Um, he, he's a teacher and uh, up at Hickman, he had some uh, some cats that he mentors, that he teaches, that he hangs out with, and he wanted me to come out and hoop with him. And uh, man, a little dude gave me the business, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> little dude, this dude was. Like about, and I'm 6'2", for those who don't, who've never seen me, I'm about 6'2", I'm about 260. Um, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a heavy dude. And uh, this this cat was like James Harden. He was a left lefty. Uh, he's about my height, you know, probably 100 pounds lighter than I am. And so he had the speed advantage. And he was, but the thing was, he was killing me with the step back, killing me with the step back. And then he would have me on my on my toes, and he would just blow by me because he knew I couldn't stay in front of him. So. I know the little, the little dudes, all these other cats were much shorter than him. So, like, I know they wanted to say, hey, man, let me check it. Were, but you, getting, they, they were you getting buckets on the other end, though? Nah, man, nah. See, I didn't, see, the thing is, for me, like, sometimes I need, like, at least a few warm-up shots, like, at least three, just so I can kind of gauge. You didn't get none in? Nah, I showed up late, you know, because I left my goggles, and so. It's been a rough day. Woo, man, that cat lit me up. <laughs> that was a great workout, though. It was a great workout. So, um, how, about, how about yourself, man? How you doing? Man, I've been good. Man, real good, man. Uh, laying low. Uh, of course, we I get back to the podcast about the time sports dies down and there's nothing yeah. to talk about again, right? I mean, yeah. last yeah. show we did was the Super Bowl. Yeah. It wasn't even Super Bowl. It was, was the it? Uh, conference. Oh, it was, uh, it was uh, the National championship. championship. No, it was Conference Championship. It was Conference Championship. Conference Championship. We did talk about the, uh, the uh, oh gosh, what do you call that? It the national championship game did happen. Yeah. So that was played, and we're heading into conference championship weekend. So because yeah. last time we had the show, that's when I picked Peyton Manning to lose to the Colts. You did. And it happened. And it happened. Man, I'm on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. It's going to be back, though, man. It's going to be back. Yeah, yeah. So we got a great show for you tonight, you know, as always. Um, um, but before we kind of get into the NFL, you know, sometimes things happen in life uh, that, that, that kind of super, I don't want to say supersede sports, but. They be, they've kind of become front-page news, and, and you can't escape it. Um, so I just wanted to say a couple of things about the, the tragic events that happened in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I definitely want to say, uh, you know, my condolences uh, to the families. They have been on my heart. I, I heard I got the news this morning through Twitter, um, and so they've been on my heart all day. Um, and and I wanted to say this one thing, because uh, it was something that was kind of startling as I, as I watched coverage. So for me... Uh, like I said, the, the the victims, those who lost their lives, those who survived, because that's mm-hmm. a tragic thing that they're going to have to deal with. To hear right. a five year old have to fake, um, you know, their death just so they can survive. Like this, I think it was a, a young a young boy. He's got to live with that for the rest of his right. life, you know. Um, 
but one of the things that was jarring to me was kind of how um, the the tone of at least my my timeline kind of went from mourning this family to uh, kind of the the how how is this guy going to be captured uh, alive or dead and, and how this uh, you know how there's a, this assault and this attack on black lives mm-hmm. and I'm all for that and I'm not here to tell anyone how to process or how to deal with these with, with, with these tragic events. I'm here to offer a perspective. Right. So I want to say that up front, but prayerfully, I, I really hope that these types of incidents die down, but I know I saw a tweet that talked about how during President Obama's uh, uh, time in office, mm-hmm. he's had to make 14 separate statements on these type of incidents. Wow. Um, and I feel like in when these things happen with the with the events that have been happening in our country with black people, um, that we tend to take that focus off of this is a tragic event that we're praying for these families that these families are on our hearts and we instantly jump to, well if you know Walter Scott died but this guy's gonna be brought in alive like that kind of uh, critique and comparison between how police treats black people versus white people and for me. Like I said, all day, these families were on my heart. Mm-hmm. And I want to just offer this to those who, who black, white, whatever, um, no matter where you stand on these things, to keep your hearts and minds on those families. Like, I felt like we were too quick. Like, okay, nine people died, boom. Now we're going to jump right. to, you know, how how is the media covering this? Yeah. Um, what are people saying on social media about it? Like, And I feel like it almost became an afterthought so quickly. Um, and that just, and, and I understand partially why that is because social media today, it's a 24-hour news cycle. Mm-hmm. We're so used to processing information and then moving on to the next thing. But, but like, that's, to me, it's just, again, it's just, it just struck me so heavy. Um, and I just want to offer that perspective of, listen, I'm not saying that, that, that those things don't matter. But for me today, my thoughts, my prayers, my my mine was with those families because those lives, you know, they went to church um, just for Bible study. Right. Like, this is a regular event that they go to and, and nine people are never coming back again. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the other thought that I had was that we're all Christians. Most of the voices you'll hear here on this show will most likely be Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I thought about my own church. Like, you know, when you, church is a, com- is a community. It's, it's a group of individuals from diverse settings coming together uh, to worship God. Um, and from a Christian perspective, whether it's a, a mosque or, or a temple, because even in here in Kansas City, we had a tragedy right. um, a year ago with a guy shooting up a Jewish synagogue. You know, um, And so when you come to these places, like you don't come on edge. And at least for this Sunday, as I go into church to, you know, to worship and to be with friends and family, um, like my mind is going to see if I see somebody I don't notice or I don't know my my mind is going to be you know instantaneous like, yeah it's it it there's a wall that's going to be up that you don't normally put up when you go to mm-hmm. you know a church or those type of settings um, so again like I said I just wanted to speak my piece on that you know like I said for for me tomorrow I'm going to fully take in you know how the media is covering this versus how they cover other things right and and the that intersection of race and politics and race and and media and race and policing. Like, that'll come to the forefront for me tomorrow. But today, um, like I said, I just my, that's where my mind was the entire time. So I just urge people to don't be so quick to, to just jump to 
you know, one emotion uh, or, or, or one extreme or the other, but just kind of take time to, to process what happened. Um, and I'm not saying you need a week. I'm not saying you need, you know, a day or, or five days, but, but just 24 hours, you know. Um, so that's, that's what I want to say. And I didn't want to do this at the end of the show because I didn't want to end on the somber note. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely want to put that put that out there. So That's good stuff, man. Likewise, my prayers and condolences are with uh, all uh, of the families of the non-victims. Um, and so I just want to reiterate that. Just uh, I agree with you, man. Uh, I believe that, like you said, with the social media and with the ability to just be able to share, click, create meme, you know, throw a picture together, this, that, and the other. Um, you know, you got a lot of people who who just do it for the likes or the attention, or because you know they want to. And then you have some people that are really that really care about the situation. And like yourself, you know, you know. Give some time to process and then dive into it because I know you're a genuine person, you know, in the sense that, you know, you you do have a, a heart for, you know, really finding out, you know, the media side of it and, you know, different things like that. So, um, yeah, definitely, man. Uh, that was good. That was good. Cool, cool. Um, so, you know, going to transition as best as we can um, into the rest of the show. Um, and, and like I said, we have a good show, and I wanted to, so, I don't know if I text you this, but we were supposed to do the Probably show. Probably not. Last really unprepared. <laughs> we were supposed to do the show last week, but we couldn't We couldn't get together. And so, there are some things that I definitely wanted to hit on, and so we're going to start in the NFL, uh, and and one of the things that I wanted to get into is, is Cam Newton. Um, Superman. Superman. Quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Signed a, a five-year, $103 million contract extension, uh, $60 million, give or take, guaranteed mm-hmm. in the first three years. Um, and as for me, I am very pro-athlete, very pro-player in terms of getting their money. These guys only have a limited amount of time to get that money, um, and especially in the NFL with the way they structure their contracts. But I want to get into this because, it's to me, it was really interesting the coverage of Cam Newton after he got his his deal. Uh, it was very, very critical. Very critical. Is he worth this kind of money? Um, I, Andy Benoit from for the Monday Money Quarterback wrote that Cam Newton plays like someone who constantly has someone in his ear telling him he's the greatest. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no clue. I saw uh, a comment. To me, that sounds like a, a good thing. Yeah, I... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, for him, I, apparently, it was not a good thing. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, I saw a, a message comment that was retweeted that asked if Cam Newton was going to donate ten million dollars of his of his salary to charity. Like, when was the last time we asked an athlete to Any give? Time. Yeah, I'm like, and so it just it just struck me as odd because I feel like with Jay Cutler, uh, even with Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill got paid the week before he did, and I feel like we didn't hear these types of arguments about, you know, well, that's too much money. He got overpaid. And so I got I got a couple of, of, uh, of stats here I want to throw out. So okay. I'm going to go over some of the, the contracts of, of marquee quarterbacks, that are, not marquee, but just starting quarterbacks across the league. Okay? All right. So Matt Stafford, uh, he signed a three-year, $51 million deal, $40 million guaranteed. He's only been in the playoffs twice. He's 0-2 in the playoffs. Jay Cutler got seven years, 126 million, 54 million guaranteed. He's only been to the playoffs once. He was one and one. That was 2010. So that was five years ago. 
uh, Colin Kaepernick, which was interesting. He got six years, $114 million, $61 million guaranteed. Obviously, he's been in the playoffs uh, each, well, not last year, but his first two years in the league he, or as a starter. He's 4-2. Uh, three NFC, actually it was three years, three in straight NFC title games, one Super Bowl appearance. Did he start all three? He did. Uh, you know, you're right. He only started two. Okay. Alex Smith started the yeah. first one. That was against the Giants. Um, and his, his was even interesting because when he got his deal, the criticisms came that he wasn't worth the money. Mm-hmm. Then when you find out that the deal was essentially structured as a one-year, it's a year-to-year deal, then he was criticized that he got played. Uh, which is, I don't understand, for for most media members and for most uh, uh, fans, most fans are, are on the owner side when it comes to contract deals. So you would think, as a fan, you would be happy with that. Uh, like I said, Ryan Tannehill, four years, 77 mil, 45 mil guaranteed, no playoffs. Uh, and then finally, Joe Montana. Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Flacco got a six-year, $126 million, 29 Mill guaranteed, and he's ten and five in the playoffs. Um, and so, here's the here's so here's what I want here's what I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that media members are racist. So hear me when I say this. I'm not saying that media members are racist. I'm not saying that fans are racist. What I am getting at is that with all the criticism that Cam got about his style of play, um, his 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 record with the with the Carolina Panthers, he was below 500 last year. Um, is that Media members and fans seem to hold him to a higher level than they're not holding these other quarterbacks. Because right. I didn't hear this level of criticism when Cutler got paid or when Stafford got paid. Um, Tannehill has not made the playoffs, and I didn't see, well, what did you give him an extension for? Right. What has he proven? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just don't think that is fair in my opinion. Uh, what do you think? Well, I mean, <clears throat> it's difficult to look at because the way I looked at it was – in comparison to what he got paid at Auburn, he's really not making out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what he should. So I, I kind of feel bad for him because, but um, no, in all honesty, like the the whole idea of these contracts is 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 kind of baffling to me because basically, it to me it's always depended on whether or not you had a great year to last year going into your contract year. Yeah, and um, and like with with Flacco, obviously, who you know just came up. Well, I mean, tremendously. He, well, I mean, he he gambled on himself. He had opportunity to sign an extension the year they before they went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He bet on himself, and he won. Um, now, can I? But can we tell the truth about Joe Flacco? Yeah. Can we tell the truth? He's not that good. If, if you know, I'm not gonna say he's not that good. I don't think he's that good. But the guy had horseshoes up his butt in 2012. I don't even know what that means. He was super lucky. Oh, okay. Uh, he was. You go with like a rabbit's foot. I would have caught that <laughs> metaphor, but like, I, I mean. Because <laughs> let's, let's be honest. If Raheem Moore had played, not played the ball, right. and had he played Jacoby Jones, they they probably don't even win that game. They had no timeouts mm-hmm. left. He would have tackled them inbounds. It was about a 30 or 40-yard game, so they would have had to come up, spike the ball. How he doesn't, uh, in football, they always have that, they tell you on those type of two-minute drills where you're, you're ahead and you're on defense, play deeper than the deepest man. Don't right. let the guy get behind you. How he got behind you, I'll never know. Mm-hmm. But he got lucky in that instance because he threw it basically an arm punt. And then in the Super Bowl, if Chris Culliver, again, had played the ball, had played the man and not the ball, Chris Culliver is jumping for a ball that, that had already been caught. 
But we know. I mean, it takes luck. I mean, we can sit here and ifs and ifs and ifs and ifs, you know. Um, you know, Peyton Manning's two ifs away from three rings. LeBron James, two ifs away from four rings. I mean, but the fact of the matter is, you know, when it comes to skill set, uh, I mean, look at Eli Manning. You know, Eli Manning is, is the worst, best quarterback of all time, maybe, yeah, you know. Yeah. He was um, Joe Flacco before Joe Flacco. Right, and so, you know, playoff football is playoff football. But back to the Cam Newton thing, I personally like Cam Newton a lot. We had this argument uh, two two years ago, something like that, about uh, me and a friend of mine were comparing Cam Newton and Joe Flacco, and I was a big uh, big on the Cam Newton side. And I've always liked Cam Newton. I think he's worth the contract that he got, but at the same time, you know, you see quarterbacks like Flacco get big deals because of what they've done. So these Tannehill Newton contracts, I think, are just the desperation of what it takes to believe you have a top-tier quarterback when you don't really. So, guys, you can let us know what you think. You can email the show at bwthing1 at gmail.com. Am I crazy? Is Cam Newton getting unjustified uh, scrutiny and criticism? Would you take Cam Newton over Alex Smith? Oh, pff, oh, is that, that's not a real question, is it? Is that Easily. 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 Look, I'm... I'm a Niners fan. I root for Alex Smith to do well. I root for Alex Smith to do well as a chief. But he is one of the most conservative quarterbacks in the league. Um, there's a guy I follow on Twitter who, who watches lots of tape. He writes articles uh, for different websites. And he has shown several steal shots of Alex Smith having wide open targets about 20 yards downfield but taking the check down, but taking the easy throw because he – I don't know. I don't know if he's afraid. I don't know what it is or why he won't take the risk. But he doesn't take sh- consistent shots downfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, let me ask you this: How many quarterbacks would you take ahead of Cam Newton? Like right now? Right I mean, for now. one season or two? One season. For one, one season. Um. Wow. Seven. I'll go with that number. Maybe about seven. So seven or eight. Brady. I definitely put him in the top ten. So Brady, Breeze, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers. I would even take Peyton Manning, um, even though Peyton Manning's probably dropped just based on the performance in his last few games. But if we're going one season, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, um, Rivers, Romo, um, Manning. Um, but as far as that second line of, of, of quarterbacks, when it comes to the Daltons and it comes to the Matt Ryans, and I just have this feeling that Cam Newton has much more potential than most of them. Um, and, and I think it's um, safe to say that as well. I mean, especially the way that the offenses are being run these days. Um, and, yeah, I just feel like Cam Newton's a little bit better. So would you take Russell Wilson over Cam? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. For me, the answer is no. The answer is no. Yeah, it's, here's why. So because you're a 49ers fan, that's no, why. no, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. I think I honestly think that Russell is an he's an average quarterback, and you guys have heard me say this. He's an average quarterback with a great team. about with a great defense for sure. That makes about three or four plays a game um, that that he can only make because his defense is able to keep him in games. You look at the NFC title game; he was terrible mm-hmm. for three and three quarters of the game, and then he caught fire the last half. Um, be, but that's partially because the defense kept them in the game to allow him to do that. And Aaron Rodgers' leg. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers was hurt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I would definitely, I feel like if you switch Cam, if you gave him Seattle's team and you gave uh, Russell, especially with Marshawn, so Cam Newton is a spread read option. Never had a running back. It, well, I mean, I wouldn't say never, but D'Angelo Williams and um, Stewart and Jonathan Stewart always hurt. Um, but if you give him that beast, if you give him beast mode with his ability to run read option, like what? How how much more does that transform that offense with his threat as a runner? Mm-hmm. Like Russell really exploited that in the, this last season. Um, rushing for uh, you know 100 yards several times, but but yeah, like I. So I, that brings us to the question: Is what what does Russell deserve as far as his contract? So Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck are the next two mm-hmm. big ones to get paid. I That'll be after this year. After this year, mm-hmm. um, they're they're eligible to get paid. You know, Russell took out the the insurance uh, policy because they're going back and forth. And if I'm Seattle, I'm. So here's the thing. Here's the stupid thing about contracts: these are precedents. So Cam Newton got five years, 103 mil, 60 million guaranteed. Well, now the the bar has been set. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, I believe uh, John Schneider pulled a lame move and called, uh, I think, the GM of the Panthers and said, "Thanks a lot, or congratulations, you know, for spending all that money." Because now he's got to meet that bar, um, and so he's going to get that money, uh, or they're going to let him walk, or they're going to franchise him. You can franchise him twice. But why do that when you can just give him the deal? Right. So he's going to get that money. So for me, I'm interested in, in figure, finding out what are people going to say about Russell? Uh, because, again, I'll talk to you guys about this, just about how the media looks at Russell Wilson versus Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick um, and how Russell is seen as, for lack of a better term, like the safe black guy. Um, he speaks well. Um, you know, he, he does charities. He does commercials. He's dating Sierra. Um, is he Colin, really? Yeah, he's, oh, you haven't seen the pictures? Uh, no, no, yeah, yeah. Him. I don't scroll through. I don't <laughs> he, do Instagram. He's, he's taking Sierra to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Um, they you know, they got locked out of their car or something. They took pictures with policemen. They're at baseball games together. So, yeah, they're, they're you know, coupled oh, wow. up. They're coupled up. So, um, you know, but Colin Kaepernick, he wears his hat to the, to the side, you know, it's not, he doesn't wear it conventionally. He's got all these tattoos, even though they're all scriptures. And, you know, he's not the greatest speaker. If you've seen that McDonald's commercial, you know that he's not a great speaker. He's terrible um, in front of a mic. And so what will people say when he gets paid? Because he's going to get paid uh, two Super Bowls in a row, one championship already. Despite his numbers not being great, he's getting paid. Um, so I... I I, I don't know who will get paid first. I'm pretty sure Lux people and Wilson's people are playing a game of chicken. Right. Because each one wants to be the highest paid QB. Do both of those quarterbacks stay with that organization for their career? Oh, Lux's not going anywhere. And for sure, he's not going anywhere. I, but I don't know. Because I feel like Seattle can go and find a game manager. Mm-hmm. And as long as they have beast mode, as long as they have that defense. Josh Dobbs, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Two years. Two years. There you go, Seattle. It's, oh, he's still at Tennessee, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But, uh, but yeah, I feel like as long as as long as long they can find a game manager, they can find someone to do what Russell does. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. It, it, That's it, crazy that you think that, though. Like two Super Bowls in a row, and you think that easily they can find somebody to do yes. what Russell does. I'm t- you That's can, just baffling to me. I just feel can, like it's like I couldn't give Tim Tebow any credit when he played in Florida because he played in Florida. So I feel like. You can't do the same. Like there's this part of you that 
No, no, listen, listen. Because I feel like the way Russell Wilson plays quarterback is the correct way as an athletic quarterback per se. Like you talk about the read option, and I don't, I don't think that um, you know quarterbacks who want to run the football to run the football are going to be highly successful in the NFL. Whereas Russell Wilson, he runs to keep his head up to escape, you know, the defense and pass the ball down the field. And I feel like that's the more successful, you know, route. So I, you know, I tend to think that his scrambling abilities are more profitable for a team than Cam Newton's rushing ability. Well, here's the thing. So Russell is, and this is an area where I really would like Colin to improve, Mm -hmm. um, is his ability to keep the play alive and keep his eyes downfield. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was something that, that Colin really struggled with last year. But if you were to look at before last year at Russell's numbers and Colin's numbers, they you couldn't if I would have said here's quarterback A, here's quarterback B, and tell me which one is Wilson, which one is Kaepernick, you would not have been able to tell them apart. Um, that's why I say you can find, you know, if you put a quarterback with, with Cam Newton's abilities back there who is, you know, the probably the biggest quarter one of the biggest quarterbacks to ever play the position and play it well a guy who's really hard to bring down and who is getting better and improving at maneuvering in the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield, then I think you would have the same results, if not better, um, because you have a guy with that rocket arm, and and Seattle's drafted some speed guys. Paul Richardson's a speed guy. Kevin Norwood from Alabama was a guy who caught a couple of deep passes in the playoffs. Um, And now you add Jimmy Graham to the mix, to me, uh, along with uh, Marshawn, that's a tough combination if you have Cam Newton back there, if you have any of those seven quarterbacks that you would take above him. Like, to me, the offense, I don't want to say would, would be pushed to a high level because it's performed pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think it would be even better. But that's just me. Okay. That's just me. Um, one, last, one last contract dispute. This one kind of popped up this week. Uh, Dez Bryant uh, is in a dispute. Shout out to Los. Uh, Los is a huge uh, Cowboys fan, and so he's kind of made his thoughts known on Twitter about it. It but, was a catch. It was a uh, catch. Uh, it was a catch, it was by a the catch. way. It was a catch. Nah, incomplete. But uh, he's in a in a contract dispute with the uh, Cowboys mm-hmm. right now. Um, he wants, I mean, to be paid. I mean, they slapped the franchise tag on him. They can do it this year and next year. So he's got a $13 million tender right okay. now. Uns- I think he, I don't think he signed it yet. Um, but he has threatened to sit out some games, right? To sit out, I mean, the season if he doesn't get paid. Like he's he losing really, money, right? And you got to understand, he's losing checks. So if he doesn't report to, to camp, there is a you know a fine for each day he misses camp, and then a fine for missing games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll ask you this: Does Des Bryant deserve to be the top paid quarterback in the NFL? I mean, wide receiver. I said Does he deserve? I mean, yeah, I think so. Um, right now, is Megatron, he the best? Megatron is right. the highest paid. Yeah. So, is he the best receiver in the NFL? I know. I still think Megatron is definitely the best receiver in the NFL. But does I mean, based on last year, like they do quarter, like I said, you know, like they do based on last year's numbers and and productivity, I feel like Des deserves to be paid what he wants. And you know, if the Cowboys don't want to do that, then. We'll take him at the Chiefs, right? <laughs> he might not catch nothing 15 yards down the field, but <laughs> he could block for Jamal's uh, screen passes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and then once again, it's weird that... But you don't think Calvin Johnson's the best wide receiver in the NFL? 
I know we had this argument last year. But it's at full strength. I'm thinking at full strength. Yeah, we had this argument last year, and Cotton, I think I might have watched Dez go off and shout out to the homie Cotton. He called me a prisoner of the moment. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a Cotton thing. Uh, you know what? Yeah, Megatron is still, and I think I think I was bitter because I had Megatron in two fantasy leagues, and you know he was banged up a lot of the year. <laughs> so I think I was I was being a prisoner of the moment. I was angry about that. Um, I think it's. I don't. I think it's almost a one A one B situation. Really? I feel like this is has gotten it to that point um, where yeah, like Calvin is still is one, but it's one A, and Dez is one B, and Dez this year, if he plays, has the ability to uh, to do that. So um, who I mean, has the better quarterback throwing to him? Romo. This is. <laughs> I know you don't like Matt Stafford. No, no, it's or not his that, contract. It's it's not that I don't like Matt Stafford or his contract. It's that I think Romo gets a lot of unfair criticism. I mean, we talked about this on the show. Yeah, a couple Romo times. Romo gets a lot of unfair cri- criticism that I think is unwarranted and unfair. Um, and the guy is a top five quarterback. Like you're not going to get me to back up off of that right now. He's a top five QB. Top five. Top five QB. I can't see. I don't. I Reese is playing the game. I can't see his face to see if he's reacting. Yeah, he didn't agree. Okay. Yeah, right, he didn't right. agree. Right. Right. <laughs> we don't want a court over here. <laughs> I'm just telling. He's a top five QB. Oh, man. Um, and what, you know, when we have the barbershop edition, we'll we'll do that during football season, and we can let we can debate top five QB. I want to know why baseball ain't on this list, man. Uh, you know what? We're getting there. You know, if we have time. Because you call them your Royals, but then you only want to talk about them in the playoffs. Hold up, we'll take a quick detour because we're we're that's the this is pretty much the end of the NFL talk. So, uh-huh. real quick, um, if you have a small business and you would like to advertise with the show, yep, you know, hit us up. We are up and coming podcast. Right. You know, we you know have a few listeners, so uh, you know, if you want to advertise with us, definitely black do that. owned business and white owned business. <laughs> it's a black and white thing, man. We, we are equal opportunity, so if you are Indian, if you are Asian, if you are Latino. And if you need a business account, we would love to uh, network with you as well. That's a worst thing. You know what? If you want to advertise for Bank of Kansas City, you are more than welcome to do so. Um, you know, we don't charge because, again, we are a small, small podcast who is starting up. But if you would like to donate, feel free. Yeah, you know what? Because I would love to have a studio. Don't want to ruin your blessing. <laughs> PayPal is a. Uh, I, I feel in my spirit that there are a hundred people listening right now who can sow a seed of a hundred dollars. <laughs> if that is you, email email right now, right, right now, <laughs> bwthing one at gmail.com But now, man, if you want to advertise with the show, um, like I said, hit me up bwthing uh, one at gmail.com uh, Also, you can hit me up on Twitter, Facebook. It doesn't matter, man. You know, hit me up, and I'll be more than willing to plug your show if it's reputable. Let me, let me say that again. If it's if. reputable, don't be, you know, Neils, don't be coming up here, you know, trying to, nah, nah, we're not trying to hear that. So, um, uh, but anyway, so real quick, I do, you know, I want to bring up a couple of things. Roger, I hope you're listening. Oh, uh, we have a, we have an actual scandal, a real scandal in, in Major League Baseball right now. Maybe, maybe, we'll see. Uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals allegedly hacking into the, the Houston Astros database. <laughs> Um, of all teams, well, but if you if now if you've been watching the you know, Astros, been yeah they've been nice, and they have a ton of top talent that they've been drafting because yeah. they've stunk for so long. 
um, that have, that's come up and has played really well. So, but I thought the scandal you were talking about was going to be the eight Royals and the no, All Star. No, I'm coming game. to that. I'm coming <laughs> oh, to you're coming. Hometown, okay. Yeah, I'm coming to the hometown team. Omar Infante starting in the All Star game. Two fourteen batting average yeah. or something crazy like that. So like eight was it like seven or eight? Royals? Last I checked, it was eight, including the designated hitter. So Mike Trout and the starting pitcher would be the only two players that didn't play for the Royals. Man, shout out to the the Royals. Shout I out mean, to Kansas City for yeah, voting. Yeah, that's sorry. That's what I meant. Shout out to the fans. Mm-hmm. They, the Royals haven't been haven't been good in a long time, and now that they are, like you guys are blowing up <laughs> the voting, which is going online. Let's put it this way: time. they they haven't had an All Star starter since 2000 when Jermaine Dye started. Oh my gosh! So so pretty much since then, the only All Stars have been you know coming off the uh, coming out of the dugout or out of the bullpen, and uh, now we're looking at seven All Star starters and a designated hitter. What about the pitchers? The pitchers. With the, I don't know who the starting pitcher would be right now. But I, mean, but, um, I, I was thinking like the reserves. Oh, you know, yeah. Herrera and Holland's missed some games, so I don't think he's going to end up there. Shout out to Kelvin Herrera, who has made the, the turning the hat to the side cool in, in Major League Baseball. <laughs> nah, hold up, hold up. Nah, you got to get that to CC. So we got to go CC Sabathia. Let's see who else turned the hat to the side. I'm thinking of Dontrell Willis. Had his hat turned to the side. I forgot about Dontrell Willis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, I'll give Kelvin his props, but, you know, he's not he's not the one who originated that. At least that I can remember. I don't know if – Griffey was always hat to the back, dude. He wasn't to the side. But, but yeah, so, I mean, we're getting we're, – I want to let baseball get a little bit deeper and closer to the end of the season. We can start talking about wild card races. So, probably after the All-Star break, I'll start picking up headlines on baseball. Cool, cool. Um, so, you know, I'm not shunning baseball. We were an equal opportunity – you know, sports. Shout out to the Women's World Cup team since we're doing, you know, kind of random sports. Abby Wambach scored. I did not know that they had never won, uh, that she has never won a World Cup. I thought she had won at least one, mm. but she has not. So shout out to our girls as they uh, as they seek to uh, win the World Cup. Uh, they're in the round of 16, won their group, which is the group of death. One of the top yeah, yeah. yeah. So shout out to them. So, uh, But we're going to move to the final topic for tonight. Ah, pun intended. <laughs> Yeah, the finals. Oh, one more random, random sport. Shout out to the uh, Blackhawks. Ah, uh, yeah. Won the Stanley Cup. I did watch the third period of that uh, with uh, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane scoring the goals that ended up winning. Oh, no, not Taze. It was, um, oh, gosh, I can't think of the cat. The cat's name is a defenseman. But he scored the, the first goal, and then Patrick Kane kind of scored the insurance goal. And that was their sixth or seventh? Third in six years. Third and six, but they, I think they've got six or seven total that they tied the Red Wings or okay. maybe even took the lead. But yeah, but yeah, uh, third and six years. So, so shout out to them. Man, I can see that cat's face, but I can't think of his name, so now I got to Google it. Um, so yeah, but uh, we'll, we're going to move to the other finals, uh, the NBA finals. It stank, don't it? Remember that video I saw the other day? <laughs> the one that LeBron James shot after he won his ring. He's like, I got that ring, and it stank, don't it? You don't remember that? No. Ah, oh, you got to see that Vaughn video, man. I gotta look I'm a up. champion. <laughs> Somebody reposted it from two years ago. <laughs> two or three. Wow. So um, so I'll, we'll start there. You know, if you obviously you mostly been watching because the, the results are in from a viewership, and this is the most watched uh, NBA Finals since Jordan retired. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty crazy. I think it beat the 2013, uh, the 2013 Finals between the Spurs and the Heat, which went seven games, which had the, the six uh, game six shot from from Ray uh, to send it to Game Seven. Um, and the Golden State Warriors took it to six games. Shout out to the homie Reese. Reese actually called it. 
uh, on the last episode. He said Warriors in six, partially because he doesn't, mostly because he doesn't like LeBron. Uh, and so, you know, he picked the Warriors. But he had some other good reasons. He just thought that the team overall was better. Which um, they were. Yeah, w- which was true. Um, so, shout out to them. So, we'll get into that for a little bit. Um, so, I want to start with this question. Because I picked the Warriors to win it all because, mostly because of the metrics. Uh, the numbers show that the, the Warriors were the top offense and defense right. in the league and it was it wasn't close it was by a large margin and if you look i mean they had one of the the, the better finals performances from a win loss standpoint they went 16 and 5 um, the 01 lakers almost went undefeated they were 16 17 and 1 16 uh, s- obviously no, not 17 14 and 1 cuz at that time they were still best of 5 okay. in the first round so 14 and 1 they swept everyone until they got to iverson iverson won game 1 against in 01 with the sixers and they gave them the gentleman sweep, and they won the next four in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple of things, and this is why I'm mad we didn't have the show last week, because these were the points I wanted to hit, but um, they, to me, the, the series turned, obviously, when Iguodala came in, but to me, the big deal was they were able to control the rebounding advantage, they were able to get to 100 points, which the Cavaliers didn't have the firepower to get there, uh, to get to 100 themselves. The Cavaliers never made it to 100 in the entire, in, in, the, in the entirety of the series. Um, and they 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 got back to shooting, not all the way like they were, because Curry never really regained his form except for that one fourth quarter uh, when he pretty much ended the legend of Delhi. Right. Um, <laughs> the legend of Delhi. The legend of Delhi. Yeah. I mean, and you know, kind of to go back to today, that kid kind of had me looking like Delhi. I mean, with the dribbling. <laughs> I was um, gonna ask you that. And he did. Like, I mean, he he had me. I was, And the thing is, though, even with the shots when Curry they started to fall, like Delhi was still playing good defense. Like that one where he went behind the back and he hits the jumper and he makes the most light skin oh, yeah. face of all time. Like, first of all, hold up before we get into that. The most light. Like that that face that Curry made after he hit that step back three over Delhi, where he tried to like try to give this menacing thizz face or whatever. Like, like bro, you were too light skinned for that. Like that just did not work at all, at all. You were too <laughs> light skinned. Like you were like the you the least most thre- you the least threatening light skinned guy I've ever seen in my life. So just hit the shots, go down and celebrate. You don't need the meme mug. You're good, Steph. Your shot it makes is Sean Livingston enough. look like Kendrick Perkins. Like pretty much. <laughs> Nah, nah, we can't go Kendrick. That's too, that's too hardcore. I, we got to go somebody less menacing. KG, KG's a fake tough guy, so we'll we'll go with KG. Um, but no, nah, but but so the the question I want to have is with them, you know, with the metrics saying that they're one of the greatest teams of all time. I'm want to forecast a little bit. So down the road, when we say when we five years from now, ten years from now, when we look back at singular seasons, when we look back at this team, sixty-seven win team. I think they won 83 games overall, which is like sixth highest win total in combining. I think they only season. lost three games at home. Is that three, Yeah, three games all season at home. Yeah. Only five playoff losses. When we think about the great individual seasons of all time, when we 96 Bulls, 01 Lakers, uh, some of the 80s Celtics and Lakers teams, will we look at them and say, let me put it this way. Using the 96 Bulls because we're going to get to Jordan in a second. Because Jordan and his team seem to be the litmus test for everything, at least in our generation. Well, we look at this team and say, they could have gave the 96 Bulls some some run. No. Okay. I don't think, no. But 
they didn't they didn't win six. What how many games did they win? Sixty seven. They didn't win sixty seven games in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you sure. know, I feel like the you know we we know that the West is the strongest side as far as the conferences are concerned. So you know, had Cleveland went sixty you know sixty seven and something, um, you know, with you know wins over mediocre teams like the Celtics this year, different things like that, you know, like I think it would have been a little bit. But I do think it's one of the most, you know, impressive seasonal seasons um, up there. But, I, no, I don't – no, I think that's – no. So well, They wouldn't me, have gave Jordan – no. So let me take the Bulls out of it. But it's apples and oranges because, I mean – It is. It's a, it's a different game. Yeah, totally different. Totally different game. I mean, so Iguodala is not going to lock up Pippen. Iguodala's one is a really good defender. He's a really he's six six. He would have been about the same size as Pippen. He he's a really good defender. Well, who's gonna guard Jordan? <laughs> yeah, because he's gonna he's gonna kill Clay Thompson. Did you see the meme? Maybe you shared it, and it was like uh, what Draymond Green thinks he's doing and what he's really doing. <laughs> yeah, when he was yeah. So the meme was Draymond Green. If you watch like Game Five and Game Six, he kept trying to dunk on Mozgov and Tristan Thompson. They just kept blocking the shot, and it's just like Draymond, shoot the floater, like you did that in Game Four. You did that in Game Four. Shoot the floater. Um, and so it's a picture of on the left hand side what Draymond thinks he's doing is Vince Carter dunking over Frederick Vice. Uh, Everyone knows the name of every person <laughs> on every meme. Come on, this is that's one of the greatest dunks of all time. Like he jumped over a seven footer, and he didn't like. Dunk. I guarantee you know the name of the arena that happened that too. No, it was during the Olympics. <laughs> it was in Sydney. It was two thousand. I mean, come on, come on. How do you? This is one of the most iconic dunks of all time. Like this is like Jordan from the free throw line. This is uh, Dr. J going behind that. This is yeah, that's an iconic. Right, right, right. But anyway. But anyway, um, so it's it's uh, Carter ducking over Frederick Vice is what Draymond thinks he's doing, and then in the other, the right side is him getting stuffed. <laughs> I mean, absolutely stuffed. Um, I kept saying to myself, "What is he doing?" I mean, and shout out to Draymond because he was the emotional leader of the team, and part of the reason that they struggled, especially in games uh, two and three, was because he was too busy bickering with the referees and not getting foul calls that he thought he should get. He wasn't making shots, so. That, that affected the team as a whole, you know. So um, we kind of talked about why they were able to win the, win the last three games so easily, obviously going small and letting Iggy play. Um, so MVP, we had this debate. Um, so if you didn't know, Andre Iguodala is the MVP of, of, of the finals. Uh, the second year, the guy that has predominantly guarded LeBron won that award. And in the voting, Iguodala had seven votes. Right. And LeBron had four, so Steph Curry did not get did not receive anything. Vote. So I'll ask you, who, if you had a vote, who would you have voted for MVP? Uh, I agree with David Dalla. Yeah, uh, MVP is what most valuable player. Yes, you know the value that lied in that series was. Exactly what Iguodala said in most of the post game reports. It's not to stop LeBron James, but to make him exhort so much energy, you know, on the offensive end, you know, that his fourth quarters he looked like he was exhausted. And I think that Iguodala did a, a heck of a job. Um, how, how do you get MVP when the guy you're guarding drops forty every night? You know, like it's just it's it's you know it, he did he he did what he was supposed to do and. That's what they needed because the offense. I mean, the offense was going to come. You know, Curry was going to get his twenty-five. Curry had 
what probably two quarters of of like out like that Steph Curry, you know, uh, the fourth quarter in Game Five where he shut it down the last five minutes, and if I think the fourth quarter of Game Three that they lost when he actually got going. Um, but yeah, I agree with Iguodala. I I I, I disagree with uh, uh, LeBron getting it. Um, just for the fact of, you know, they lost, and I didn't feel like he really had any moments of, I'm, you know, I'm carrying my team, we're going to win this series, other than maybe maybe his performance in Game 3. Um, but, yeah, I agree with uh, Iguodala. Obviously, I think you wanted LeBron to win it, right? Uh, so, before I answer that, mm-hmm. who was your second pick? My second pick would probably have been Curry. Okay. So, so I would have went Iguodala, Curry, and then... Uh, and and then Bogut. Okay. Now I'm playing with you. <laughs> All right. So for me, and I want to shout out to everyone on Periscope. We're now live broadcasting this live. So if you're on Periscope, shout out to you to the to the two of you right now who are listening. Uh, we appreciate you. If you have any comments, we're talking NBA Finals. Uh, talking who should have been who was our MVP. Um, and for me, it should have been LeBron, hands down. Hands like down. This, hands down, it should have been LeBron. I don't get it, man. This was because it was it was an all time performance. It was a performance for the ages. Uh, you know it. He missed twenty shots a game. He had to take them. He had to take them. Twenty Who, shots a game. Who else is going to take the shot? Get J.R. Smith in a rhythm. Are you listening to yourself? I am listening to myself. You, you know who J.R. Smith is? Yes, you have to get him into a rhythm. You can't give him the ball 30 minutes later in the third quarter and expect him to knock down threes. Have you seen J.R. Smith play? I have seen J.R. Smith play. Now, I'm not saying he would have took over the game, but I'm just saying he he could have held off a little bit. There's some suspect. He's pulling up for jumpers in the third quarter of game six at you know at the three-point line. The game was not over, you know, and he's playing like it's over. He's not in beast mode, so like, no. If Kobe shoots 35 shots in a game, everybody's like, Kobe shoots too much, this, that, and the other. LeBron shoots 38 shots every game, misses 20 of them, and all of a sudden, because he put up 40. If you go three for eight every quarter and shoot four free throws, you drop in 40. Here's the thing. Here's the reason why he should have gotten he should have gotten MVP. He had no choice. There's a reason why J.R. Smith is not... He's not a starter in the NBA. There's a reason. I mean, because he's asking Delavadova uh, to play starters minutes. Shumper's playing starters minutes. Shumper's not minutes. bad. He's not bad, but he's not a guy that you want. He's not a guy that you want playing 30 minutes a game. And he was hurt. Right. Uh, I saw a guy I follow said he probably had a, a shoulder, a, right? Shoulder and a groin injury. So you know, LeBron was in. He was in a no-win situation, and he talked about it. He doesn't like being as inefficient as he is. He doesn't like uh, playing as many minutes as he had to play. He would have loved to have been able to spread the wealth, but those guys were not able to make shots, so he my, had to. My thing is he missed a lot at the rim. Like, he missed a lot of layups. He wasn't shooting, you know, 35%, 38% because he was taking outside shots. He's missing them at the bucket. You know, I cannot count. Maybe two and ones he had all series. I can't count, you know. But that but that is in part because of the defense. And to me, in game six, he was just tired. He was worn down. Um, he had gotten to a point where we're just constantly seeing double and triple teams. Mm-hmm. It just got to, you could tell it in his free throws, they were short. They were falling short. They weren't going in. Um, 
But I think when you when you're talking about his performance and you're seeing a bunch of we've never seen this performance before. This is the first time in finals history when you're almost averaging a triple double in the finals. Not just he did it once. He did it two and three times. So when you're seeing something you've never seen before, which is so, even for him, it is people saying even for him, this is amazing. To me, that's something that, granted, it would have been super awkward to have him. I don't but, know where he if he would have came out on the stage if he goes to the side of the stage. But to me, it's not amazing because Draymond Green posted a triple double. You know, he posted a triple double. Iguodala yeah, posted triple doubles. Now, the only the thing that differentiated those is LeBron had forty with ten rebounds and ten assists. Exactly. Green, exactly, because he shot thirty eight shots. But who else is? J.R. Smith was not going to win them the title. He just wasn't. He wasn't. They weren't going to win the title anyway. But I'm True, just saying that he, the statistics distort that because he's dropping 36, 30, 40 points. He, you know, he probably should have dropped 26, 28, you know, and got some other guys involved. But like you said, there really wasn't many other guys to get involved. David Black got outcoached. Excuse me. LeBron James got outcoached because <laughs> I, apparently I, David I, Black doesn't get to coach. Oh, my God. I, wanna, um, I would love a memoir. That article just surprised the mess out of me because from a fan standpoint, you don't get, I didn't see any of that, you know? So you get this guy who's sitting behind the bench and it's like, man, if y'all were here, like, let me write this out as best as what you can see is, you know, because the the camera don't pan to that. You know, I never saw any of whatever he wrote. I saw, I saw LeBron call at least one timeout for sure. Mm -hmm. So for the article that uh, A-Ward is referencing, you can go to ESPN.com or do a Google search for Mark Stein. Mark Stein of ESPN wrote a column that talks about LeBron James uh, being the de facto coach or, or not giving David Blatt the respect he deserves. Um, he talked about David Blatt designing a play and LeBron shaking his head no emphatically to the point where David Blatt had to erase the, the play off the dry, board, dry erase board that they have and rewrite it or Here's come up thing. with a new one. This dude has 16 championships. Not in the NBA. He's got to be able to coach. True, true. And look. So is it just an ego mani? Like, is that what the NBA is? It's just that, you know, we we are better than you. We kill you in the Olympics. We have the best athletes. Therefore, you know. No, no. I'm going to tell you what it is. And again, you can go back to episode one or two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep going back to that. When I said to you, I feel like Bobby the Brain Heenan, when, he, when, when Hulk Hogan joined the NWO, and he goes, I told you, I told you, I told you guys from the beginning that LeBron has matured as a man, he's a family man, he's, you know, he's got kids, he's a father, but at, on as the persona that is LeBron James, he has not changed. He came back to Cleveland because, one, I think he, he thought that it would be, I don't want to say an easier road, but he thought that with Kyrie um, having the number one pick, that, that, would, that it would having a younger team would help him out. But he also came back to Cleveland because he wanted to be the king, quote, unquote. He did, he did not have his run of the place in Miami right. like he does in Cleveland. He went back because he wanted to have that power and that control. And you see it, I call him GM LeBron, in trading uh, Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins. When David, now David Black was hired before LeBron came. They didn't know he was coming back. He went weeks, almost maybe a month, before he contacted David Blatt and they had a conversation. With Andrew Wiggins, he never reached out to Andrew Wiggins. You, if you, if I'm pretty sure if you go Google uh, Andrew Wiggins' 
looking sad on Sports Center or something, a weird uh, Sports Center moment. They're asking him, "Have you talked to LeBron?" And he's like, uh, "No." Do you expect to talk to LeBron? Uh, I don't know. Do you have his number? No. I mean, it's just this weird moment because, again, LeBron he helped get Kevin Love to to Cleveland, uh, but he hasn't changed. He's the same guy. He's the same egotistical guy who has learned how to play the media. Mm-hmm. We want the. Well, I shouldn't say we because I'm not a media member, and I personally don't. Might care. as well be. I personally don't care, but media members want humility out of the players, hypocritically, by the way. They want humility, which is why he got killed for saying, I'm the best player on the planet. It's it's simple. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's why Black is not getting the the respect. Um, That article talked about him and Tyron Lue just like he's the coach. So is Black going to be there next year? I honestly don't know. Because I don't know who you replace him with. Are you going to replace him with Tyron Lue? who people are saying that he's got a future as a head coach. I heard people say Mark Jackson. I don't like that. No. Uh, I heard people talk about... Scott Brooks. Uh, Scott Brooks, Jeff Van Gundy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't uh, I don't see it. So I don't I don't know who the alternative is, but... Or, I will. They can't do player coach. That's not, it's not possible. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. But well, speaking of LeBron, you know, you can hit me up. Hit us up at bwthing1 at gmail.com. Um, and if you dislike LeBron, or hit me up on Twitter, twitter.com. You want to know why? I want to know. Yes, I don't get it. So I, I really don't get it. Um, shout out to the homie Shock. But Shock, like, he, he dislikes LeBron. And I honestly, I told Shock. So today, you don't, wait, you don't get why people dislike him? No. So let me, let me go through, so let me go through a couple of things about him, right? Okay. So we talked about his maturity off the court. He's a family man. Uh, you know, he's, he married his high school sweetheart. He's got three kids, two boys and a girl. You know, outside of the him, him liking the, the Instagram pic on the Big Butts Instagram page, he doesn't make too many mis- missteps in his personal life off the floor. Um, he's a rags-to-riches story. He comes to me, he, 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 his single-parent, single-mom background, there were times where the lights were cut off. You know, I mean, he comes from the bricks. You know, he comes from hard times. Um, one of the most marketable athletes in the world. I mean, he's got a, a stinking rom-com with... Amy Schumer and uh, is it Bill? Is it Bill Hader? I just heard rom com for the first time yesterday. By the way, so I'm glad I, I I didn't know that that I didn't know that meant romantic comedy. Somebody was like that rom com, and I was like, what the heck is a rom com? Yeah, wow. So, wow. so I just picked up on that. So yeah, so I mean, you have he, he looked like he could act. He he did look bad. Somebody put on Twitter. I hope this isn't. Uh, they they posted all the scenes with LeBron James, so the black people would go watch it. <laughs> Shout out to the homie Sway. Sway was the one who posted that. Um, which reminded me, there's a movie Usher was in. It was a scary movie where Usher was shown in all the trailers and he yeah. died like the first three minutes. That's funny. Like, we went to go, me and my friends went to go see the movie because Usher was in it and he died in the first three minutes and we almost walked out. But anyway, I digress. That's but, not something you admit to, bro. Hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, he does, like I said, he doesn't generate negative press. Negative press, he's a hometown kid. He loves Northeast Ohio, loves Akron. Uh, you know, his teammates love him for the most part. I read a story about Delonte West. He was injured, and LeBron told him, hey, don't leave. I just want to talk to you. And he just came to have a conversation with him. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't. So well, of course Delonte West loves him. Oh, come on. Come on, though. <laughs> we, do, we do not endorse that rumor on the on this black and white thing. We are not saying that that is true. So, but I, I don't get it. Like, I don't get why 
people dislike him. So, well, first off, people reasons. dislike him because he's not Kobe. Um, you know, plain and simple. The same reason people dislike Peyton Manning because he's not Brady. Or people dislike Brady because he's not Peyton Manning. Because you either almost pick a side um, when it comes to that. The second thing is I personally, he didn't go to college, okay? So he didn't go to a college. So he didn't pledge to a university, per se. So coming out, you know, hometown kid, Cleveland Cavalier, excuse me, Cleveland Cavalier, it's almost like he pledged, you know, to that team. And then the way he left was just, I mean, it was like almost a stab in the back. Um, and, and I think that that's one of the uh, the second reasons that you know people dislike him is because the way he left, which he's already admitted to not being necessarily the most kosher uh, way of leaving. But personally, if I, if I was you know from Cleveland and we weren't so crappy at sports, I probably wouldn't have wanted him to come back um, for, for the sake of that. Um, third, I personally don't like him because I just I feel like he whines a whole whole lot, which. Kobe wines, Jordan wines, whatever. But I also just, I don't like how, I think he gets away with way too much. I think he does. I think he gets away with the travels, the lowering of his shoulder, the pushing off. I watched a foul. Clay Thompson got fouled for, like, tapping. Um, he kind of, like, pushed somebody through a screen in the game six, offensive foul or whatever. Mm-hmm. I kid you not, five minutes later, LeBron James must have threw this dude Iguodala, like, six steps with his whole forearm, which Iguodala flops a little bit, okay, but at the same time, I just feel like he gets away with, with a whole lot on the basketball court. Not being called for technicals when he cries, you know. Yeah, but in the finals, they let a lot of that go. Because Draymond could have got a lot at least Draymond could have got a lot, too, yeah. Um, but I, I think he gets away with a lot. And I just, shut up and play ball, you know. So, to your point, to your point, I do think in 2012, I really he really got on my nerves with flopping. But in this particular playoff series, he did, he got that off arm. All playoffs long, mm-hmm. all all throughout the playoffs, they gave him the off form when he drove um, in the post. They gave they pretty much gave him carte blanche, I, eh, you which know. is another reason why Iguodala gets MVP because he had to put up with that, <laughs> and he didn't cry as much as I think he should have. Now to to LeBron's credit, though, he got fouled a lot too. They let a lot they let a lot go on both mm-hmm. sides in the finals. Um, but you know, again, for people who go with the well, why did he need to go to – he had to go to Miami. He had to leave. And I think a lot of people have a problem with him teaming up with these other two guys. But I look at it from a different standpoint. How often in sports do you see players get to dictate where they go? I mean, Darrell Revis comes to mind mm-hmm. um, where he gets to dictate where he goes and who he plays for for the most part. We kill – so as an example, we live in Kansas City. We kill Carl Peterson. For, for his ineptness at drafting the latter half of his time in Kansas City. Right. We make fun of the Oakland Raiders because they have drafted abs- probably Charles Woodson was like the last good draft pick that the Raiders had. Like, honestly, like, seriously. I mean, Khalil Mack is probably going to be a really good player. Who was the wide receiver? Um, Darius Haywood Bain? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and they took him over Crabtree. And look, Crabtree hasn't been great, but he's been pro- more productive than him. And, you know, ironically, he's a Raider now, but... That's like, not as bad as the Lions, though. What was the receivers the Lions? Charles to? Rogers. Charles. Oh, man. I can't remember who the, before they found Wasn't it two Michigans? Was, I can't remember. No, man. Names. It was bad. I can't remember the names. But, yeah, I mean, but, but you know, I mean. Uh, Tangent. My bad. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Carl Peterson. But yeah, but we kill we kill front offices for not being able to to draft correctly. So as a player, if I can control my destiny, if I can team up with with two of the premier players in the league, why wouldn't I do that? Like who who does that? So and I was getting ready to shout out Shock with his Shock Logic. We're going to have Shock on the show because he says some of the we gotta most, have a segment called Shock Logic. He says some of the most absurd things. Right. So he he he's the reason why Golden State won, right? <laughs> Because he started cheering for LeBron. Yeah, so we exactly. have this thing we call shock logic, where he says some of the most ridiculous things, and you know, a, 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 a clock, an incorrect clock is right twice a day, right? right? So every blue moon he hits. So he, he, this is how much he dislikes LeBron. He says, maybe if I start rooting for the Cavaliers, then the, then at that point, Golden State will win. So he starts typing, you know, we're in a group chat together, all in Cleveland, all in Cleveland. <laughs> And, you know, to his credit, it came true. So, shout out to Shock Logic. But he tweeted today, or not tweeted today, he talked about how, why does LeBron have, why, did he, why does he feel the need that he needs to team up with two Hall of Famers to win? And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you? Like, who says? But I don't think Chris Bosh is a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, bro. He, he was 20 and 10 for about eight thing. years. He's multiple All-Stars. He's won, I think, two gold medals. So you got to remember, the Basketball Hall of Fame is different from the right. uh, pro sport, uh, uh, football Hall of right. Fame, or even baseball. I think that that's why, why because when I look, I just, you know, yeah. I think superstar and all-stars, you know, because I don't think Pau Gasol is really, you know, You're too bugging. Hall of Fame. You're bugging. I don't. You're bugging. He was a 2010 guy in Memphis, two championships in, in L.A. where he was a So Zach Randolph a Hall of Famer? Probably not. But isn't he a 2010 guy? Uh, he was more like a seventeen and ten guy. He was never really maybe maybe once or twice he was twenty and ten. So three points. <laughs> I'm just saying, but I'm just saying. But Paul Gasol was considered one of the premier players at his position. Um, and then you look at his international because career. of his skill set. Yeah, and you look at his international career with Spain. Uh, Spain, I think, won the gold medal. I might be Argentina. I forget the year that the the nightmare team that they dubbed them in '04 with Iverson and them. Um, but no, but you know. Who, would, who wouldn't want to team up with any Hall of Famers? And for all of you people who talk about the need for LeBron to team up with two other great players, if you go and look through history, and I challenged Jack on this, and he, he obviously had no answer for me, but if you go and look through history, every team, whether or not they drafted, traded for him, signed up in free agency, has had great players, at least two Hall of Famers, including a head coach. The only exceptions right now that, can't, that I can think of off the top of my head since 1980 where this year's Warriors, I think Steph will be, if he continues on the, on his current trajectory, will be a Hall of Famer. I don't know any other Hall of Famers on the Warriors right now. Um, and the 04 Pistons. I don't see any Hall of Famers on that other than Larry Brown. Maybe. I don't, I don't know if she, but I, I don't see that. Phillips? Phillips, his, the first half of his, of his career was not good enough. Ben Walton, I was playing. <laughs> so, so, but I mean... You know, if you have the opportunity to control your destiny and the opportunity to to build a team that has, you know, two, three great players and then some really good, uh, uh, you know, side role pieces, why not? I mean, it's all subjective. Nobody knows what they would do until they are doing it, you know. Like, I can't sit here and say, oh, my pride would make me stay in Cleveland and try to win it without, no. I probably would jet. Yeah, yeah. And, then, I, and think I probably would jet to Miami. 
I mean, who? If you have the opportunity to live in Miami for six months out of the year, or Cleveland, or the mistake by the lake. Yeah, like, well, like, be real, like, be real. But anyway, um, shout out to Seth Rollins. Did you watch that video? I haven't watched it. I know you posted. I haven't so it. so funny. Yeah, he called Johnny Manziel a, an idiot or a loser. Or something yeah, like that. yeah, Monday Night Raw. He's in the middle of the ring with his title, and he he started heckling the city of Cleveland, saying this is the only title they would ever see. And uh, and Johnny Manziel was in the front row, and he was like, "Johnny idiot face will not bring you a title. LeBron James won't bring you a title." It was wow. hilarious. It was the ultimate troll. So, last thing I want to say, I think one of the reasons other people don't like LeBron, he's the greatest athlete to ever play basketball. Okay. I don't, to me, that's not disputable. Uh, Wilt played in an era where he was literally the only guy of his kind. Mm-hmm. Um, same for Jabbar. I mean, Jabbar had Wilt he had to deal with. I think Russell was done by the time he came along, but Jabbar was kind of one of a kind. Shaq, to me, is number two. Um, Shaq is, it was a freak of an athlete to be that size and be able to move like he did. Yeah. Um, but I think we don't like rooting for big guys. Like, you know, the whole David Goliath thing. To me, it's part of the reason, it's part of the reason why Delhi got so much uh, coverage. I mean, because we can empathize, we can we can empathize with those guys. Like, so like Steph Curry. We can't shoot like Steph Curry, but if you play basketball at any level or consistently, everybody has had that game where they can't miss, where everything they throw up. So we can see somehow, we can see ourselves in Steph Curry or in Della Vadova or in these other, or even somebody like Mike. You know, because while Mike, he's only 6'6". Like, so, I mean, I can, I can hit a fadeaway. You know, I can hit a couple I don't think of I can hit a fadeaway. Eh, I think you can. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we've we can, it, but we can't just run like a good. We we're not like Carl Malone size, six eight two seventy, and can run like a, at right. least a shooting guard. So what do you, what do you think sport wise is the like? I know they talk about how LeBron could transition to the NFL and could be a Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. What did they say? Wide receiver, tight end, tight end, probably because tight of his size. He's like Jimmy Graham, size. right? So. Do you believe it's easier for somebody to transition over and play NFL than it would be an NFL player to transition and play NBA? Or do you feel like there is anybody that plays tight end, wide receiver, that could actually come over to the NBA and give him a run for a money as far as being at the best athlete in the NBA? Well, I mean, being NBA? honest, I mean, probably football. I mean, because you have, you see football players who play basketball, Antonio Gates. Um, I mean, he what, led Kent State to a Sweet 16. Right. Uh, Jimmy Graham played at Miami. So it's I would think it's easier for uh, for football to translate to basketball just because you don't have to deal with the same uh, movement like it's it's less people mm-hmm. it's less things you have to memorize um, so I would say football I would say football is easier to translate um, but I think LeBron if I mean if you put his mind to it I mean he would be so could JJ Watt get out there and go ninety four fifty back and forth blocking people off the backboard yeah I think he could I mean like if you with proper training obviously. Right. Yeah, I think he'd be able to do that because, again, I mean, he would be I'm trying to think of an, of an equivalent. Um, I'm not LeBron, I wouldn't say that, but I'm trying to think of a bruiser, a guy who who's just a big a big body who can get you rebounds and eh, let's say Zach Randolph. I mean, there's, I'm he's more athletic than Zach, but I would just say you know just a big a big body, a big bruiser. What's Evans that played for uh... Reggie Evans? No, get out of here. <laughs> but anyway, last question, we're gonna get out of here All tonight. Right. Uh, do you think that? LeBron is now two and four in finals appearances. Do you think that that, hurt, that this loss hurts his legs at all? Yes. This is my ESPN question of the day. Yes. I mean, numbers don't lie, right? You're two and four. Numbers uh, can't lie. If this loss, shout out to Michael Smith, though. 
But numbers can't lie. If this loss doesn't hurt his legacy, then uh, does his first one hurt? To me, the first and the last one don't. Because 07... So he's just two for two. In my opinion, he's two for two. Yeah. Because, again, he's missing... Again, you have bench players playing starters minutes. And that's just... He said in game four, I believe it was, they showed the pregame huddle, and he talked about, we have no room for error. And he was right. They had no room for error. They could not afford to, to make dumb plays and have mental mistakes because it could cost them. And to me, I don't feel like the Warriors, if you looked at their run through the Western Conference when they were scoring 120, 110 points a game, I don't feel like they ever really played Warriors basketball. But they were able to do just enough. Um, so you think if they were fully healthy, the Cavs would have took the series? No, I don't, I don't so because either. because defensively they were better with Tristan Thompson and Della Vadova on the floor. So if they were better defensively, then why does that still not count? What do you mean? Like if you're saying they were better defensively, but you're giving him a pass because offensively they were inept? But Yeah, because they couldn't score. They couldn't score. I mean, that's essentially the reasons Golden State lost two games in a row is because they literally could not shoot the ball. They... They were having, they were getting wide open jumpers. Harrison Barnes went 0 for 9, and I think he went 0 for two games in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, Draymond Green was struggling immensely, um, and you had Mozgov and Tristan Thompson who was killing them on the glass. Um, so I mean, they they literally they lost those two games because Golden State just could not shoot. They couldn't make a bucket. Curry was. Clay struggling. Thompson disappeared the whole series. Clay Thompson was missing. I thought it was fitting when Doris Burke was said, "Where's Where's Clay?" Where's Clay? I can't find him. I'm like, well, that's kind of ironic because we couldn't find him for the majority of the shout series. Shout out to that name drop. Shout out to my boo Doors. I love Doors. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I make no bones about it. Um, shout out to my boo Doors. Anyway, we can talk about, you know, Miami's pace and space offense anytime. So, anytime. no, I don't give him a pass. I think that, uh, I mean, he's two and what? Two and two and four. No, two and, yeah, two and four. So, he's two and, uh, yeah. So I like I said I give him a pass and two I also look at uh, I think never mind sorry I watched a replay this game and I'm like that's an actual player anyway um, but uh, but I do give him a pass and and I think that uh, I think you it doesn't hurt his legacy one because of his performance and two because again the cast just was not strong enough and that's not an excuse so what is his legacy just that he has two championships with with Wade. Uh, I mean, it's been that he's been one of the, the greatest players of his generation. So uh, if he probably, if he ends with two rings, is he one of the top five greatest players of all time? I think so. I think statistically what he's done, his performance, and yeah, I just think his performance has put him on that level. Um, like I said, the first time he went, he drugged that team to the cha- to the championship. He didn't really drag because because uh, J.R. Smith and and Shumper were really big. Tristan Thompson was really big in the ECF against Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, I think he he took the, he did what he could with that team, carried that team to a title. So yeah, so yeah, I, I don't think it hurts his legacy. I think he'll end up as a top five, um, top five player once it's all said and done. You think he wins three more championships? No, I mean he, probably two more. Somebody told me today that they think he's going to win the next three. Maybe because they're going to they're going to bring back I mean Kyrie for sure and to me that's all they need is just Kyrie I don't think they need Kevin Love. See, I just have more appreciation for teams like Golden State that put together their championship team rather than brought in 
brought in, brought in. But you essentially, know? aren't they all bringing them in? I mean, they're drafting I mean, people. Well, let me say, like drafting, you know, key free agent offseason, you know, moves, and then developing players, you know, rather than, hey, let me bring in this person and this person, and now we're automatically going to be in a, you know, yeah. so. So, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you can, um, you the listener, you can hit us up. You Email know, us. Let us know what you think. Yeah, hit us up, bwthing1 at gmail.com. Um, hit me up at Twitter if I've said anything that, you know, is, is if you feel like I'm off balance with my takes on LeBron or, you know, uh, you feel like A. Ward is, is crazy and, you know, he that LeBron should be the MVP, hit us up. Let us know. So, you know, hit me up at, like I said, A1, uh, Twitter.com slash A1LP, Facebook.com slash A1LP. You can listen to this show and everything else that we have online at SoundCloud.com. Slash A one the LP, like hit us up with feedback, man. We thank you for those who do listen, for those who do share. My homie Mike Jones, who <laughs> in uh, in Austin, he always hits me up uh, with feedback for the show. Let us know how it goes. Reese, so, um, shout out to Reese. Yeah, shout out to Reese for holding us down. Is it AntRecords.com? Dot net. I knew it. I knew it. So you can uh, hit up AntRecords.net. Uh, you can hit up his. Uh, that's his label. Uh, had his the homie Majesty just dropped his new mixtape called Why Stop Now. I've listened to it. It is a dope mixtape. A couple of tracks on that you're gonna like is the first one, which is Shyrak the KC, uh, Forever Dreaming. It's some yep. dope, dope joints. I think Work is that one of the joints. That's the one that features Reese Nichols and Isaiah. See, I'm, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here listening to the joints. So shout out to the homie Majesty. You can pick it up there. Um, shout out to B Harris, to Jamie, Isaiah, Reese. AntRecords.net. The we'll whole pre- squad. Yeah, we appreciate the homie hosting the podcast and having us in here doing the editing thing. So, uh, you got anything else you want to add? Nah, man. I'm good. Cool, cool. So, thank you guys for listening once again. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. And uh, until next time, it has been a... Black. And white thing. Yes, sir. Holla at y'all, man. Bars.